Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the March 2nd game against the Ottawa Senators. Um, for the second time in a week and a half, we've had another issue with our you know, technology. We pay for multiple subscriptions and we just still can't get a <laughs> live stream. Through. TSN had it. TSN did the, come the, through. The app had it. But we're the having some bad regional blackouts here. Get this, okay? We, we pay an exorbitant amount for the NHL Live uh, app. And apparently we're only getting 22 of the 56 Montreal Canadiens games this year, which is just absolutely criminal. Yeah, it criminal. doesn't make any sense. So I don't want to watch that out, but the West Coast games. It was, it was also, we, we, we have a, a bit of a part to blame there. What ended up happening was we, we've been on a survivor kick lately, and we got to the season finale at 6.30, so we wanted to finish it up. So then 7.40, 7.45 came around, and, you know, we... We have the option on the NHL app to start the game from the beginning, so we we're like, okay, we'll just we'll tune in we'll a little start late. Start this twenty minutes late. Skip basically. some commercials, uh, but then we got there. We click start from beginning, and we get the blackout message. So we missed the complete first period. Unfortunately, this is a uh, you know something that never happens with us, but you know. But just recently, the Habs games have just been not available to us. Yeah, so I mean, we found us missing a period. yeah missing yeah. a period. That's it. We didn't really think that would be an issue, and then the TSN one doesn't have a play from beginning part so we just jumped in on the second period although looking at how the game went the first period was not something to be up you know be upset about that we missed Mm -hmm. all the action came the other two periods um you know just before the game even started it's important to note that josh anderson still day-to-day he was listed out again so that's a couple games in a row now we don't really know what's up with him it's starting to get a little worrisome um other than that, yeah, I don't know what to think of that. I, I you know, I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, too speculative. I, the only good news from that is that it's lower body. It's yeah, not his it's shoulder. not his shoulder. It's something else entirely. It's just, but you know, it, it's just it's odd how some guys are so injury prone. Like, yeah, it, it's it's really. Strange. I think it almost comes down to play style. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, that's the only real. I mean, he's not a you know he's not a uh, emaciated dude. No. he's a pretty big guy. It's not really a, f- a fragility thing, but. You know, he plays hard, and, you know, I don't know what it is, but because there's a lot of guys that play hard. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. So, um, you know, second period, we have uh, two power play goals, which is nice to see. One from Gallagher, assists from Petrie and Perry. That was a nice uh, between-the-legs pass again from Perry. and I got hands. Yeah, and I, I got upset over the high stick. Then you did make a good point, as though, you know, like, even if it was a penalty, they then scored, quote unquote, right bef- like after it was called. Yeah. So it would nullify that high sticking. And but it did look like it wasn't after the goal. Yeah, that's not something I would go into like deep challenge coaches challenge about. But it is it is just frustrating that they're you know, again you see like someone grabbing their face with no call, and I I look at the suspension that was dish- just uh, dished out to Alex Chase on in yeah. uh, Edmonton getting into a fight with Jimmy VC in Toronto after the game ended, basically just a shoving match and only one guy gets suspended. Yeah, it's so long it, it doesn't make any sense. And, like, it's more the consistency that matters to yeah, me. Yeah, you got to be consistent with the calls. And, yeah. like, it just looks like, you know, we're due for a lot of good calls for us because we've had some, uh, you know, Questionable ones. Yeah, there's a very funny Instagram video going around of just, like, all the missed calls so far that yeah. I just found, like... You know, when you it's put them all, yeah. When you just when you put them all back to back, it just gets funnier. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the first goal is Gallagher. The second one was a, an absolute rocket from Petrie, uh, assists from Kotkaniemi and Tatar. Um, you know, I think one thing that everyone will agree with is the Habs had a very very strong possession game tonight. 
Um, it seemed at times with the like Ottawa couldn't get the puck out of their zone, even if they wanted to. Like yeah. no matter what they tried, it wasn't a, even only on the power play, but especially like five on five. I found we were cycling very well, which is rare because I did not. As you know, people have heard on this podcast, like I do not consider us a cycle team. Yeah, you know, it was just generally like before we dive more into the specific periods, like this game had so much riding on it. Like, you know, I've been saying this is a must win for the better part of a month now. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, that saying's come and gone. But in terms of like, you know, the players and team in general is like psychological health yeah the morale like this yeah. is a big one especially for dom ducharme like if he lost to this one like you know yeah. i was joking with jesse like i walked in like at the you know 5 five thirty, and i you know first thing i said to him was you know if we lose tonight i would be fired on ducharme you know? <laughs> i was being facetious obviously but like you know not really i mean it's like what you know yeah it's what's going on here well that be- that's when you got to really shake things up just dump the team for eichel well, <laughs> exactly. And that being said, you know, he's now 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Etch-A-Sketch has been shaken. Like, yeah. everything resets. Let's see where he goes from here, yeah, if he can exactly. ride the momentum a little. Uh, you know, everything looked better today. Like, it, it looked like, uh, you know, we had a few more practices under our belt. You know, that you, you know, obviously we were joking just then. But, like, you know, the, the loss and the overtime loss, like, you know, we're talking, you know, one, maybe two practices yeah. uh, between his hiring and those games. So, I mean, realistically, not much could have happened for that. You know, yeah. this was a, this was more of a litmus test for, like, what did he actually change over the past few days? I mean, like... And Alex Burrows. And Alex, that's, a, that's what I was going to say, too. It's like, he's literally just come into the organization. Yeah. He's taking over special teams. It's like, what could he have possibly changed in, in that amount of time? Exactly. Doesn't even know the guys at this point. So. Right. And it looks like he's having some impact yeah. on two power, power play goals play and good. two, like, real power play goals. You know, yeah. they were set play for Gallagher and Petrie's was some nice passing that ended up with just a beautifully placed shot. You know, that, that confidence we were saying Petrie was kind of lacking lately. Yeah he did actually have tonight. I did want to ask you one thing. So over the intermission of the second period, they were talking about, uh, you know, defensive pairings for the Habs. And like, you you know, I, I find, yes, I'm, I'm pretty harsh on like TSN analysts in general. I find I go after them a lot just because I, I think sometimes either they're stuck in the past or they're just kind of um, saying things to get, you know, views and things that'll be like on the clips later in the evening. But to hear that, you know, there was almost a unanimous agreement at one point that Alexander Romanov should be playing with Weber. Yeah, I know. That's just that nuts. that just that's just riding a hype wave. Like yeah, I, yeah. I think if you're gonna do that, like you're just gonna kill his career. You're gonna you're gonna kill his development, okay? And they also, used Victor Mete as an example. I know. They used him as like a success example. Like, yeah, it, it, it worked about? very poorly for He's him. He's not playing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but also just in terms of, you know, objective play right now, like he's not ready for the first line. Like there's no, no chance. Well, like, that's what I said to you. I said, well, that would work as long as Weber plays on the third line. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. And at most, if Weber played on the second pairing, that's yeah. still too many minutes. And like the, I don't think, you know, people realize the matchups he'd be going against versus the matchups he's thriving against now yeah i mean and, and to say he's thriving against them right now isn't like you know it's a bit of an over exaggeration i mean like he's yeah. doing extremely well but you know he's not you know he's not kale mccarr yeah and we, we also have a sample size of less than like 20 exactly games. yeah so it's like or you know, about 20 games so don't make any crazy decisions exactly. off 20 I, games i, I mean, like he could he could be you know he could be kale mccarr or yeah. he could you know be a great defenseman but just not that level where you know 
20 games into his NHL career, he's playing first-line minutes. It's like, let's just take it easy, let him develop, okay? Let him get into his groove. We already shook it up with the Mete situation. Yeah. So just let him get settled and let him develop. Like, just... I, I would love to see, however... I mean, I love Brett Kulak, so I don't want to see him out, but if there's going to be a third pairing where we're kind of investing in the youth, I'd love to see how he and Flurry play together. I feel like they'd complement each other very well, and that would be a young, fast-moving, hard-hitting line to yeah, play against. They're both a bit undersized, but they play bigger than they are. Um, in terms of just, like, comparison, though, Wait, looking... Wait, Flurry? Flurry's, like, six foot. He's not, like, a massive, massive no. dude. He just he throws his body yeah. around really well, and he's built well. Like, the Flurry, you know, his brother Hayden in Carolina is, like, 6'3", 210. Like, I think Kale Flurry is, like just pushing six foot and like 185 190 like he just really? yeah he I just really he was over 200 pounds yeah no well he maybe now from it but uh no huh. he definitely um, oh he hits hard yeah he's a big hitter um some guys just have that you know and i think though i'm i'm always looking at romanov there's one guy who i'm just constantly comparing him to and it's sergachev for many reasons not just habs russian defenseman pick that plays both sides this and that but i think like development wise we can see a very similar path because you know Sergeyev is obviously like being touted as one of the top young defensemen in the league now but if you look like he doesn't put up crazy points yet on a very potent Tampa Bay team Mm -hmm. but it's because they also didn't thrust him into like you know he's not even playing with Victor Hedman he he had to fight for his spot on the second pair last year when he was a big part of that defensive core but he finds himself on the third pair quite a bit because they have Hedman they have McDonough they have guys who are younger-ish, like Chernak and everything, but they, you know, they they tend to favor the basically the more grizzled vets to play these minutes. And if you think about the Habs and you compare them, like Hedman, Weber, like you can make those comparisons in terms of just like role on the team. Same thing for McDonough and Petrie, yeah. and then you can kind of look and you know who do they pair with McDonough and Hedman? Kind of like not the. You know, not guys who you would typically see in that role. You, you know, you see a lot like Hedman playing with a guy like Jan Ruta last year. That's the charot for them. Yeah, That's the like a guy who you just bring in who can play in those roles, but isn't there without Hedman. Yeah. And I think we're doing the same thing. So for Romanov, I want to see us follow that model of like, don't force him to go play with Petrie or Weber. Just let him develop. Yeah. We have no reason to put him up there yeah and and also like Edmondson and Sherrod are playing great and you know that's another thing but you know just to elaborate more on the um on the Romanov thing it's like you know if you really want him to have a bit more you know time to develop just give them that line more ice time like you don't need to start mixing things around and all of a sudden we have you know Ben Sherrod who's like consistently been having you know career years with us and you know having great chemistry with Weber you know, just all of a sudden playing our third pair. Like, it just doesn't make well, any sense. It. It's like, it's he'll go back, useless. you know, it'll be useless. And, like, you know, I, I don't see, we always do this on the Habs, okay? Like, we put guys in roles that we want them to be in in five years. The majority benefit. Yeah, we just, we throw them in these roles, you know, way too soon just because we're like, oh, you know, in five years, that's where they should be. It's yeah. like, yeah, in five years, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, just let them develop. And, like, he'll get there when he gets there, just like Sergeyev will. Like, Sergeyev will be a first-line D, obviously. Yeah. He's okay. arguably ready to do it. Yeah, it's just let him work his way up because you're also not going to have that effect of, you know, what if Romanov gets there? You know, all of a sudden he's like, oh, crap. You know, I'm playing now I'm playing, you know, McDavid, McKinnon, all these guys. Yeah. I'm not producing as much. 
I start to lose my mojo, start bringing the team down. Exactly. All of a sudden, I'm playing 25 minutes a game. I suck. What happens? Then you go down this this spiral, yeah. and then you know you have Victor Mete. And, and and there's also like a bit of an armchair GM side to it as well that I I think is important. You know, and I again using Sergeyev as a perfect example. Um, if you don't force these guys into you know big roles, they don't ask for big role money after their ele- their uh, ELC. Yeah, and the thing about Romanov is we burned one of his years last year to come let him train with the team in the bubble. We knew he wasn't going to play in the playoffs, but he got that extra training time where he could come practice with us. That was at the cost of a full year's worth of contract. Yikes. So like that was basically us kind of doubling down on him. So we need to kind of like manage that a little bit too. We know our cap's going to be a little bit sticky for the next few years. However, you know, just like... Like, Sergeyev doesn't make as much money as people would assume he was going to sign. And, like, it's, it's, they're not worried about losing him. And we're not worried about losing Romanov. It's just the idea of, like, if you give him, let's say, little to negotiate with, you, you're saving yourself the headache of basically, you know, if you do, let's say, thrust him on the first pair with Weber. And let's say this guy goes and he becomes a plus 15 and he puts up 12 goals and has 40 points as a rookie. Like, he's going to know he's he's there to stay, and he can then ask you for, you know, instead of a two-year bridge deal between three and four million, all of a sudden it's lock me down eight by eight, Thomas Shabbat style, and it's yeah. like, you're just... We can't afford it. You're, exactly, yeah. and you're screwing yourself we, on that We one. can't afford it if, like, any of these, like, prospects that everyone's riding right now, if any of them pan out. If yeah. Cole Caulfield ends up being a 40-goal scorer, can't afford well, it. Well, that's it. We're trying to delay that as long as possible. Exactly. And yeah. it's working that, like, you know, Kot Kaniemi, for example... If you notice, like, he's getting, I mean, he he's producing enough, not mm, as much as I'd like, but he's producing enough to offer him a reasonable contract. The one that worries me, obviously, is Suzuki, because he clearly shows what he's going to be. But, again, like, if you, we get an extra year buffer with Suzuki, yeah. you know, we don't have to sign him this summer, we have to sign him next summer. Yeah. And that's along with, like, Romanov, basically, so... Yeah, you gotta. Yeah. I want us to play Romanov how we're playing Kotkaniemi right exactly. now. Exactly. It's just like like when, you know, put it, like it'd be like putting Kotkaniemi on the first line center right now. Like well, that's in, it. in a Suzuki vacuum. Okay, like we didn't have Suzuki. It's like uh, it'd be like putting uh, Kotkaniemi first line over Deno. It's like yeah. what are you doing? Like okay, like Kotkaniemi, he's gonna be there. Like yeah, no. I, I I think Kotkaniemi will be better than Deno. Yeah. Okay, but and I think Romanov will be better than Sherrod. Okay, yeah. but right now it's just not the time. Like it's just not the time to do it. Yeah. And like. You know, it, it's uh, it's it's silly to think that way. Well, there, there's it, such it thing as their development. There's such thing as you know picking fruit too early. Yeah, exactly. And it's not ripe. It's, it's just he's not ripe, and that's yeah. it. You want to obviously not wait too long because then it's a whole other thing. But yeah, I anyway, I just I felt that was important to talk about a lot there because it's like, you know, you look at the other rookies around the league right now, and like a lot of them are you know Kaprizov's having a good start, but we also have to put a little asterisk there. He's twenty three. Yeah, that's gotta change. Like, there's gonna be some rules that I think, in terms at least in terms of the Calder, you know, trophy that have to apply. That needs, yeah, because that's been annoying me for years. Well, Panarin won it when he was like twenty six. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's that's like, good. well, I would hope he's good, yeah. you know. But it's it's stuff like that that bothers me. Who's but he I'm, going up against there? Uh, uh Panarin. McDavid. He, he, oh, beat yeah. okay, he beat up McDavid. Yeah, he beat up McDavid. And McDavid had, yeah. like, over a point per game or something. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was McDavid or McKinnon. Yeah, no, no, it was McDavid. But, um, 
yeah, like, you know, Kaprizov's having a great year. Um, Lankinen, the goalie in Chicago, is having an unbelievable... I think he's, like, almost like a 925, and he's keeping this team alive. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's Ty Smith in New One Jersey. One point, he had more points than Lafreniere. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> um, but, you know, even looking at the bigger names, Lafreniere, not playing great, whatever, leave that alone. But, like, Stutzel... Lafreniere, I'm not worried about Lafreniere. What's happening with Lafreniere is the same thing that happened with Lafreniere in the first, uh, his first go at the World Juniors. Yeah, it's everyone thinks he's gonna come in and put up about sixty to seventy points as a rookie, playing on the third line of a weak New York team. Yeah, but I, I I think even if he played first, like I I don't, he's just he's the type of player that is you know uncomfortable in novel situations. Mm. Clearly, like you saw that in the World Juniors, like. When he first arrived at the World Juniors, people were like, oh my god, this guy's a bust. Yeah. And, and then, then he came, came back, back the next year and absolutely just lit it up. And well, I think yeah. that's what we're going to see next year from Lafreniere. Well, that that's it, right? Like, you look at all these guys. It's I find high, high, high touted draft picks go one of two ways. There's never an average first overall pick. You either get guys like Jack Hughes and Lafreniere who have horrible rookie seasons. Yeah. Jack or, Hughes is playing great. Now. Yeah. Jack Hughes all of a sudden blew up for New Jersey and yeah. he's starting to play like what they drafted. Yeah. Same thing goes for Lafreniere. And I also think it's just, it's important to say, like, too, this is the problem with overhyping guys. I don't think he's not worth the hype. I think they have a franchise winger on their team. But, you know, it's it's very difficult coming into the league being so closely tied to Sidney Crosby. They came up through the same, you know, uh, team in the queue, putting up very, very similar numbers in the same amount of time. And it was just way too, you know, it's it's not yeah, fair to him, you know, imagine you're, like, I'm trying to take it out of hockey, for example, but, like, you know, imagine someone's coming out of, like, their, their undergraduate, and they're being touted as the next, like, like, Einstein, they're being yeah. the next, like, you know, Elon Musk or yeah. something. They're being their first just, year of their career, they're, like, they don't yeah, do anything. Yeah, they don't put yeah. up the same, you know, magical yeah. numbers that, yeah, you know, like, and if you look at Crosby's rookie year, like 120 points or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm just surprised at the reaction of Lafreniere just because, like, you know, it was so clear what happened in the World Juniors. Like, yeah. you know, and I was on that board, I was on that bandwagon too, like when we first saw him in the World Juniors and he wasn't even like, you know, he was playing on like the third line and like yeah. got moved down to the fourth at one point and everyone was just like, oh God, what's he doing? Yeah. But then, uh, you know, I was like, oh, maybe he's a bust. And then the next year he came by, it was just absolutely smoke yeah. show. Well, if you ask me, the worse he plays in New York, the better. Cause, uh, yeah, bring him home. Bienvenue. <laughs> yeah. Lafreniere, Suzuki, Anderson. Oh Lafreniere, God. Suzuki, Caulfield at one point. You know, that'll, yeah. that would be nice. Keep Anderson, keep drooling uh, Cockney Anderson or something. Yeah, that'd be a top six to, yeah. to <laughs> mess around. Yeah. And where the hell do you put to Foley. <laughs> to Foley with Dano. And yeah, honestly. Tatar's on our fourth line all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I honestly, like, it's, it's yeah, speaking of Toffoli, actually, the empty net goal. Yeah. Um, Petrie and Suzuki getting assists, that's actually a 3.9 for Petrie. Where does that Petri. put Toffoli in the uh, it gives goal him 12, It gives him 12 goals. So I know it gives him pretty high uh, status. And I mean, I, if we haven't mentioned it yet, it's it was a 3-1 win for the Habs. Carey Price was a 9.63 tonight. So. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about the game a lot just because I think it's what we, you know... We didn't get enough of yeah, a sample we size. Got, we got, you know, we got two well, we thirds, got two, yeah, but got, like it, it's important thirds. to see the progression to yeah. me. But it was, you know, in general, I'm just saying over those two periods, like it was just a good game from yeah. the Habs. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hesitantly optimistic. Like, I, I, mm. I want to see the next game, see how we're performing. Make I want to sure win a few in just, a row. I want to win a few in a in a row just to kind of see that you know this is actually like a moving, a moving average and not just kind of yeah you know, some kind of fluke, but. Uh, you know, it looked like our breakout was a lot better. It looked like, you know, still not 
you know, amazing. I think, you know, what we really saw this game was our uh, ability to, you know, really, really keep the four check up and, and cycle the puck in Ottawa's zone, which is nice to see. But, um, you know, it's kind of more on Ottawa that we really couldn't test our breakout as much just because they couldn't really get past the neutral zone, which is, you know, good for us in neutral zone hockey. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see another game just to kind of see how we uh, perform in our own zone. But, it's also nice to see Petrie kind of bounce back after obviously a really rough stretch. He's mm-hmm. got three points tonight. Um, oh, sorry, just to correct yeah. myself, uh, Kale Fleury is now listed as six foot one, two hundred. Okay, yeah. So he grew. Six, I know six, when he, in his rookie season he was listed as six foot and about one eighty five. So okay. he's grown, but you know it's still not a massive defense. Okay, so now, so before tonight, our goal scored leaders in the NHL. <clears throat> we had uh, Austin Matthews first with eighteen. Connor McDavid second with 14. Uh, and then Toffoli was tied for third with Brock Besser at 12. So now he's overtaken Brock Besser. So now Toffoli's in third and uh, Brock Besser's in fourth. So, uh, you know, that puts Toffoli, um, you know, one goal behind Connor McDavid. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that Toffoli, <laughs> Toffoli might, be, might be as good as Connor McDavid. Yeah. See, that's the Einstein kicking in. Yeah. There you go. Uh, let's see if Brock Besser scored tonight. No, I just Nothing. checked yeah. he didn't. Sweet. Nice. Holy crap, did Elias Pettersson blow up. Yeah, 10 goals now. Do you guys remember early on in the season when like Elias Pettersson was like, I think he had one point in seven games, yeah. and like that, he just scored his 10th goal tonight. Yeah. So and he's he, back yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the thing with these guys. Like, there are some guys where like, you just don't have to worry. It's yeah, more just, just like how to, yeah. one, putting them with the right players. Central limit. Yeah. yeah. And, and also just back. like, I, I also strongly believe like you, you know, I for, I always forget which coach this was. And I've said it a few times, not just on the podcast, but just like in conversation. When you're making lines for forwards, like you don't need trios. You need like duos and complementary pieces. Yeah, like sure. so Besser and Pedersen are very, very strong together. And I think like as you know, they found JT Miller, which was that piece that they were looking You're for. You're telling me Dominic Simon and Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Dominic Simon wasn't, you know, Sidney Crosby's uh, Robin to Batman. No, but see, that's <laughs> uh, um no. You're saying, you're saying it was Gensel and Crosby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but that's exactly it. You know, like I'm looking at guys like, um, you know, when you know, especially a big one that we talk about is like, uh. To, uh, to Tardano and Gallagher. And I always kind of say, like, if you're going to break up the line, keep those two wingers together because yeah. I think they feed off each other the most. Not that I want to break up that line, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, like, certain guys, you know, if you're going to make duos for these for this team, like, Druin and Suzuki seem to be like that. Kotkaniemi and Armia seem to be like that. Byron and Lekkonen see, seem to be like Suzuki that. I see Suzuki Anderson. See, I'm not sure. Only Drew because like they're. Both, Yemi, I I know that's. But a, just to jump thing. into that, just to jump into that quickly before I forget the, you know, I I wholeheartedly believe that too with the with the pairs. I think it's mm-hmm. more common to find two guys than than three. But, uh, you know, I think the reason that Tatardano Gallagher line is the best line in hockey is because it's one of those rare occasions where you find like the trifecta. Right. You know, and it's like. Yeah. No. Definitely. It's you can have two or more. I just yeah, mean no, like, I, I, like I, I aim agree. for two. Yeah. 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 Aim for two and three is extremely yeah. rare. And when it when it's that rare, you get the best line in hockey. Right. And I think Bergeron, that's Pasternak, Marshawn exactly, too. Yeah. But see, I would even argue that McKinnon, uh, Landeskog, and Rantanen doesn't te- like actually apply there. I think that Landis Cog is the additional piece on that one. Not that he's not an elite player on his own, but I think that Renton and McKinnon feed off each other very well. Yeah. I'm just I'm going through like lines in my head now 
throughout the NHL and like you know there's certain ones I what I think Buffalo tried to do this year was even, Eichel yeah. Hall and like I don't think it worked <laughs> yeah. even in uh Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak I think it's mostly Marshawn Bergeron you know what I mean? Because, like, when Pasternak was injured, like, they still they were going. producing, like, crazy. Obviously, Pasternak's, like, makes it the trifecta, yeah. right? Just well, like, like, a good to... example, actually, would be Toronto, now that I think about it. Matthews and Nylander, Tavares yeah. and Marner, like, those are the two guys on each line there. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, but I know saying, what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah. Pasternak obviously, like, puts the, like, the, uh, you know, the cherry on the cherry, top yeah. there. You know, 50 with, times <laughs> a year. <laughs> 50 times a year. But, you know, it's the same thing with, uh, I guess, Philip Deno. <laughs> and, and Pasternak, like they yeah. they put the cherry on top. But so what you're telling me is that Philip yeah. Deneau is as good yeah. as David Pasternak. Yeah, but you know it's um, yeah it's rare to find those lines, but they do happen, and one of them is on the Habs. You know, yeah. uh, even if their uh, points are uh, you know about half of the Boston. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, it, it's you have a, it's a bit of a watered down version. However, Brad Marchand is like one of the most. I'm gonna say he's easily the most underrated player yeah in the like NHL. he's he's a top five player in the nhl yeah. and like people don't tout him as like such. It, it, i think most people if they go look at his like hockey hockey database points of his past like 10 years of hockey they'd literally like spit out their series well yeah he's one of those rare he's people like basically that peaked at 29 yeah he like he hovers 100 points every year yeah you know he's kind of like blake, blake wheeler like blake yeah, wheeler blake doesn't Wheeler's get it either one. you know it's, it's strange it's like wheeler shifley there you go he doesn't That's get no one. respect yeah. <laughs> wheeler shifley you know? yeah exactly yeah. and like then they just found that extra piece of like oh look a sniper kyle connor yeah. that's you know? the pasternak well, that. that's yeah. exactly it i think you're right with that i i think you know there's a lot of those you know you look at like i mean trying to think like back when like the penguins were elite and everything you know it wasn't crosby playing with kessel yeah. it was malkin kessel yeah malkin crosby kessel. ended up playing with the scraps because crosby yeah. turns See, anyone yeah. and, into goal scores there's certain players that like you can just break well yeah i like, i don't think anyone could not like the, score on yeah. line with Sidney crosby he'll bank it off you if yeah he and has it's to. very rare like it, it, yeah. it doesn't apply to like the steven stamkos it doesn't apply to the you know even matthews or Tavares yeah. or anything like that like it has to be like those generational players that can really just carry like uh you know if I was on the team, he could get me 50 goals. Well, yeah, though. I mean, there was literally a point where Sidney Crosby turned Dominic Simon and Brian yeah, Rust into first-line center. Well, yeah, Dominic Simon, players. like, almost won the Rocket Richard. <laughs> <laughs> he was, at one point, he was, like, on track for the Rocket Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I would kill to play with a guy like that. Just yeah. even, like, a pickup You just game. have to stand there. I, I just, I'd love to just see him on the ice, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, at, like, ice level. Yeah. That's one thing, like, I, the, uh, with I this the pandemic, like... anniversary from the uh, Golden Goal, I think. Yeah, that's, it's 10 yeah. years already, wow. Yeah. Um, no, there's one thing that I'm, I I already put on my bucket list since we started doing this too in the pandemic. Like when everything opens up again, I'm going to a game whether it's in Montreal or not. I need to see Sidney Crosby play live. I've never seen yeah. it. I don't care about McDavid. I don't care about Matthews. Yeah, I don't McDavid. care about I like Lafreniere. I don't care if it's like in years Connor Bedard when he's like lighting up the league. I need to see Sidney Crosby play and I, I won't forgive myself. If I, I can't don't. believe I haven't seen him play. It's just weird because like I mean at the same time people who live in like bigger cities like Montreal, especially like hockey bigger cities when the stars come to town, it's, it's, not the Dallas yeah. stars, when the superstars come to town. Mortgage, yeah. yeah, it's like, I remember actually a couple years ago for your birthday when I surprised you getting uh, the return of Radulov. Oh, yeah. And they the inflation on the prices, like for, <laughs> for those who like, like don't, the, well, for those who do know the, uh, 
like the bell center layout like i went out of my way to get like double letter seats of like of certain range and like i literally like i remember i started choking for a second because i thought like i had hit like buy five tickets yeah and it was like no that's, that's per one. ticket yeah. and then you then you uh then you realize that even though you're on the canadian side it's us, US dollars <laughs> yeah, so you gotta add yeah. yeah you know th- you know 1.3 times whatever that value is but yeah, it's crazy, but it's one of those things that like you you'll it's never forget. It's prices. Like I'll never, for. I'll. That's exactly. Yeah. It. It's worth every penny. Yeah. Um, and I want to see. I almost him. get that with Tom Brady too. Yeah. Like well, I that's feel it. like I gotta see that. Like that's that's it. It's like you have to see these guys when they're playing. You know, you'll you'll regret it if you don't. And imagine like you never saw Gretzky at near that age. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that's it. It's like a we obviously we didn't have that yeah. opportunity, but like, you know. There, look, a small part of me wants to say that, like, Sidney Crosby, when his contract is up, he'll get another one with Pittsburgh, he'll play till he's about 38, and then he'll play one kind of, we'll like... the same, though. I know, yeah. that's what I mean, but I'm saying there might be a one-year 750k deal, 87 comes out in the red, white, and blue. Yeah, that'd be nuts. <laughs> but it's still, I want to see him when he's dominating. You know, like, right now, actually, you know, thoughts go out to him, he's on the COVID list, Yeah. so I hope he's okay, but... um. Yeah, that's just one guy that I basically, like, I need to see play, you yeah, know? That's it's... A definitely a must. And, uh, you know, very few players make that for me. Like, uh, not even Ovechkin. Like, no, nothing not like even that. Ovechkin. I met Ovechkin once when he came to town. Oh, yeah, yeah it was, uh, oh, yeah, it was his autograph, autograph yeah, yeah. right over here. But, uh, yeah, basically, he, uh, not even the same. And obviously, yeah, like, Ovechkin's... very different. Like, he's just a pure finisher. Like Yeah, it's, and uh... it's, it's also, he's, in my opinion, the greatest hockey player to ever play the yeah. game. Like, I, I understand Gretzky's stats, and I'm not I'm not one of those people who are like, well, if Gretzky played in today's league, <laughs> but I don't care. It's, you have to base it on their le- their time, because at the same time, if Gretzky got brought up throughout this system with this equipment, he had the natural talent. Like, his yeah. hockey IQ was higher than everyone else's. Yeah. He made do with what he can. The idea for me is like if if Gretzky was given every like oppor- not opportunity but every like if he had access to everything that players have access to today, I think like yeah maybe he wouldn't have you know uh, the eighty two goal season or the eight hundred and two goals that he scored whatever is going yeah, he yeah. had two hundred points one year <laughs> but like the idea is like he'd have the proportionate yeah, version yeah, yeah, yeah. of that where he'd maybe he'd have like one hundred and fifty yeah the percent difference would stay the same exactly it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think he'd a... do that it's people who say like he'd have sixty five points yeah, a year no, like nuts. are you kidding <laughs> yeah like if you take uh, Maurice Richard and his wooden skates and put him on the ice today like obviously uh, you know his wooden skates wouldn't hold up against no. a Reebok. <laughs> 10k pump skates yeah. but you know in relation to his time if he came here yeah. he would probably win the rocket richard yeah exactly right? so, like people don't understand he's the first player to score 50 goals yeah. in 50 games yeah like we, we no one can do that now yeah and so. like yeah the the other thing too and the, <laughs> the last thing i'll say about wayne gretzky because i know it's gonna like, go on this for hours but someone brings up his size and they're like, he's too small. He's about 5'10", 170. I'm like, oh, like Patrick Kane. Yeah, like look at the league now. <laughs> but like seriously, like, what, what kind it's of like, argument hey, is like, that? I understand like, you know what, fine. Like Sidney Crosby's 200 pounds, but he's, he's an inch taller. Ovechkin's a big dude. Matthews is a big dude. But like McDavid's, what, 6'1", 190, the average yeah. NHLer. Like it's, it's where it, he, this is the thing. People apply he these like. A, no, but also Gretzky played in a much tougher league. Well, uh, yeah, Gretzky much played tougher. in a league where you needed one of your forwards yeah. to not be a hockey player, yeah, but a wrestler. A boxer. You need like yeah. a WWE wrestler. Yeah. You need he, like a protector yeah, out there. Yeah, literally. Like, it was literally like a blood sport back yeah, that, then. Well, that's why Marc Messier is one of the greatest because he was a nutcase like that, but he also scored. Yeah, now we get uh, like, you know, 
Jonathan Druin gets a... Uh, you know, Colin is one stick hooking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not exactly... Don't make it seem like we got a bunch of bruisers no, running around. Like, it. you can count the enforcers on one hand. And no, exactly. Them, Versus, like, like, you had guys like Pronger and Stevens. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's just a different league, and I think you have to just respect era to era. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I think we, we basically went off yeah, on I'm a tangent. Yeah, I'm happy we won. Like, uh, uh, you know, I just... <laughs> I need a little bit more. Um, you know, I, it wasn't a, a like a decisive victory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think we... we, we we really outplayed them. Yes, you know? but I, I would think, say that. Uh, you know, it's a couple just a, posts here and there that got me. You know, I, let's just say I'd be more comfortable if we won like four one five one. Yeah, just because uh, without know, an empty net, it was a two one game. Exactly. You know, but it's uh, you know we'll see on Thursday, and you know if we can keep the momentum going, you know I'll take it. Yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, we'll see you guys Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.